0: The following is an exclusive presentation of Use Radio KMAN, your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on Use Radio
1: KMAN.
0: Man, this is, um, I've been covering K-State Athletics now for uh, 11 years. And as a member of the media, or just as a fan growing up, I don't think I've ever experienced a 24 hours like we have these last 24 hours. No, no, um, no. Real quick. Today we should be celebrating a huge overtime victory over Villanova last night, but then the drama double downs, doubles down or whatever, um, and uh, and packs it on with, of course, the latest drama about Naquan Tomlin and um, Colin Klein is going to be taking the offensive coordinator job at Texas A&M. If you, last night was fun the rowdy environment a packed Bramlage Coliseum the wideout the game-winning three Mr. Clutch comes through again after he was on Antarctica for most of the game shooting Tyler Perry comes through for the game winner with 3.9 seconds left that should be what we talk about today we should be playing the cat attack but man did things get dramatic really ever since actually it was really started during the game with the with the Colin Klein news. So mm-hmm. it has been a hectic day for me. Um I don't know about everybody else, but uh I mean I've been getting interview requests and I'm like, guys, I'm trying to try to grieve here. <laughs> Colin Klein, this legacy is now the, the the real tough thing about all that is okay, everything started to I don't know what you would call it, unravel. You know, the rumor started to fly that he might be leaving for Texas A&M. Colin Klein, um, 25 years to the day that A&M beat K-State in the, in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, oh. Salt in the wound, man. Yeah.
1: Salt in the wound.
0: All right, we, we do have, uh, obviously, a lot to talk about today. Oh. We are going to do our best to get to everything in detail. But, guys, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. AEW Dynamite tonight from the Bell Center in Montreal, Canada. And, guys, you want to talk about drama. I mean, there is drama at AEW. Tonight, Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage. They were brothers in WWE. They were edging Christian, and now they go one-on-one for the TNT title. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Good storyline. Really good storyline. Drama. It's cinema, guys. You're missing out on good stuff.
1: And everybody hates Christian, right? Like everyone hates him and people love it. He has been an amazing
0: heel. Ah. The, his whole gimmick is he, he's basically gonna been feuding with guys that like their dads died.
1: Oh my! And he's god. been going at
0: him like I could be your new father. It's like too bad your father died. Oh. Like, you know, it's just he's he's using that as oh. heat. Oh
1: my god!
0: It's like man, that's rough, dude.
1: <laughs> I could be your father. Oh jeez!
0: For the second straight week, we are joined by Mason Voth from K State Online, subbing in for Dy, who is quite busy. Uh, Mason, once again, thank you for joining us. Initial reaction to Colin Klein taking the OC job in
2: College Station? Mm, I mean, a little bit of surprise. Uh, mainly, I I guess just surprise because my thought process would have been if you turned down Notre Dame and we found out last night when we found out about the AM offer that Penn State had offered him and he turned that down, I was like, well, mm-hmm. then he'll probably turn this one down. I was. I was not concerned when I walked into Bramlage Coliseum last night, but as the evening went on, my concern level elevated when you start to hear about like the financial incentive that would be there for, for Colin Klein and it starts to make sense where they were going to give him a financial commitment and a control commitment that the other spots wouldn't have given him. And like, as we know in college football, the sec is a different beast and, Colin Klein, no doubt, the ultimate goal is to be a head coach one day. What this does is puts him on the trajectory that if he has one or two really good years in College Station, we're talking about Colin Klein being a head coach, not just at the Power Five level uh, in, in in two years, but like at a legit spot in like the SEC or Big Ten. Like somebody with significant value would take a shot on him uh, because he's a young guy and because he has all this prestige. So. I get why he did it. It's unfortunate that K-State wasn't able to weather this storm again because uh, this just throws a lot of things into disarray with football and sends people's panic levels all over the place on who do you replace him with, but even more so are you going to be able to keep Avery Johnson in town?
0: Yeah, Talking about the uh, the money for Colin Klein, I guess that's the story going around that A&M is going to be giving him a lot of money, like not many I mean I guess they could but maybe not willing to compete with that kind of money we know Texas A&M also has a lot of money Mm. um, and they're not they're not afraid to pay somebody's going to go coach for uh, Mike Elko at Texas A&M that's their new head coach coming in from uh, from Duke so let's talk about then what we worry about now that uh, that Colin is leaving would start with Avery Johnson your concern level that he may consider going somewhere else
2: I would say right now it's not incredibly high. It's just one of those things that you have to kind of keep as a, a thought and an option in the back of your head just given the the situation. Like, he came to K-State in, in large part because of his offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach who is Colin Klein, and believes in him and what his system can do for him. And so now you just start to think, well, if he's gone, like, who does he turn to? Where does the relationship sit? Um, I, I think the one thing that would – should give everybody optimism and and not be freaking out too much about it is if you think about it right now, like Avery Johnson could no doubt command some serious money in the transfer portal, but for this year and this upcoming year, nowhere is his value higher and will his, I would imagine potential earnings NIL wise be greater than what it is at K state, because you are the in-state guy. You are billed to be the hero, the chosen one, whatever you want to be called. And to this point, like the hype train is not slowed down at all. Everybody's looking forward to the game at the end of the month uh, in the, in the pop tarts bowl. So I, I think that right now, I I wouldn't have much concern about it. Um, But you just never know, especially with the way that college football and the transfer portal works now. And, you know, if Avery Johnson were to go, then you start to worry about everybody else because why does Jace Brown want to stick around when he doesn't know who's throwing him the ball next year and all of these different dominoes start to take place. So right now, I think that it, it it's not anything to seriously worry about, but you would be ignorant to not at least have the thought in your head and uh, certainly start to think about contingency plans. Yeah, it's a fair thought. I mean, Avery
0: Johnson is the future of K State football with Colin Klein here. Now Colin Klein is leaving. They have that tight connection ever since day one of recruiting. they they have built a bond and Colin Klein is a major reason why Avery Johnson is currently. With the Kansas State Wildcats, NIL, yes, it could, be pers- it could persuade you to go one place or the other. I, I-, I do agree with you, Mason, that you know, his best value is at K-State. I mean, yes, a lot of universities may throw money at you, but how bad does Avery want to play and build his career and try to get to the next level? Well, there's not many other places right now he could go and not find himself in a quarterback competition. At K-State, it is his job. He is QB1 for the foreseeable future. Until his eligibility runs out, Avery Johnson um, is the guy. And I I tell you what, for a kid that's going to be a sophomore next year, I don't think you could ask for a better opportunity with his talent at his age, where he's at in his career, than at K-State. Now, the next layer of this... Moving kind of quickly here. Um, is okay. So who then steps in and fill those shoes at offensive coordinator? The report has been that offensive line coach Connor Riley will at least be O. C for the Pop Tarts bowl on December twenty-eighth against NC State. That's how Colin Klein got his uh I shouldn't say start it's his return to offensive coordinator he was a co-offensive coordinator back in the day last year of Bill Snyder but it was like his uh, dress rehearsal big debut in the climate era Connor Riley might get that opportunity would it be a satisfying hire to you if it is Connor Riley next year
2: I I don't know <laughs> uh, look I I, I like Connor Riley. I think that he's he's done a fine job as the offensive line coach at K-State, but it, it's one of those deals where you just kind of wonder, like, is that something that he's cut out for and ready for? Obviously, like with Collins' background, it made a ton of sense, and, and you know that a guy that played quarterback at you know a Heisman finalist level and did it for a guy like Bill Snyder makes total sense that he could be your offensive coordinator. For Connor Riley, does he have the creativity? Does he understand the flow of the game enough to be able to manage that? Because some guys are just really good at being what they are specifically meant for. So maybe he's just an offensive line coach. I don't think it would be received very well if it ends up being Connor Riley. Uh, I think there would be a lot of people that would be on edge and would wait a while to see if it worked out before you know giving any praise. I think honestly, in the end, I don't know that anybody on this K state staff as it currently stands is ready to be the offensive coordinator here. Um I, you know, like the, the only guy that I would even maybe throw out there as like a potential in house guy would be Brian Lapack. But the, the thing is there, he hasn't even been a full-time coach for that long. Like right. his experience is pretty low. And so you would be taking a massive shot there, and, and I don't think that's something that's worth doing unless you really think that you could hit it big. So I think that it's going to have to come from somewhere on the outside, and I think that uh, Chris Kleiman, is, and he's probably going to do this, but he's going to have to communicate it to Gene Taylor that it's, it is pivotal get, to get this higher right because you cannot screw this up and lose Avery Johnson because of all the things we already said, where that would just set this football program back, back a pretty significant way. And you got to be able to, to kind of compete on a certain level with some guys salary wise to get maybe the right guy here. Um, I mean, honestly, like you think back to Kleiman's first year um, when he was building that staff in the, the winter of 2018, he had hired, he wanted to hire Scotty Hazleton as his defensive coordinator, but the, the financial situation was just too much to overcome initially, so they didn't get Hazleton. They settled for Ted Monachino, who then ended up taking that job with the Bears like two weeks later, and ultimately they're like, okay, now we need to pony up the money for Scotty, and they did it. Uh, and, it and it worked out for you know that first year, and then obviously he took off to join Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Um, so I think that that's probably one of those deals where they just need to be prepared to go out and be competitive. looking for the offensive coordinator and, and get the right guy in here. Um, and make sure that it's a, a dude that is going to be perfect for what Avery Johnson needs and wants, because I, I can stomach K-State losing Colin Klein uh, a lot easier if Avery Johnson is not in the transfer portal by the end of this window or after spring practice. We'll want to get through spring practice with Avery Johnson still on your roster. And I I I do not care about Colin Klein leaving. Happy for him to make a bunch of money and advance his career like he has. Obviously, he's well thought of in the industry. Uh, but if he leaves and then Avery Johnson follows behind him, uh there would be a lot of cold shoulders directed towards Colin Klein whenever he tries to get back into the good graces of K State fans because <laughs> It's not just you leaving that set the program back. It's everything that came afterwards. So uh, there is a possibility that this is like doomsday scenario, but I think Chris Kleinman will be able to go out there and probably make a hire that is based on keeping Avery Johnson happy and keeping him in purple for at least next season. And as long as you do that, you give yourself a chance to uh, lock him down for the rest of his career.
0: Well, there's K-State fans out there that don't have hard feelings for Colin Klein. Everybody uh, doesn't have – feelings for, for Colin Klein. Helver run the last couple of years, where he has taken K State's offense over the last couple of years, it has been a, a a very fascinating and successful transition. And when you're that good and you're considered one of the best offensive coordinators in the nation, everybody's coming after your guy. And I completely understand if this was just a you know, if bring up the Godfather quote, give him an offer he couldn't refuse. It sounds like that's what it was. And Colin Klein has goals. And he potentially wants to be the guy someday when it comes to the coaching profession. If this is the next step for him, that's wonderful. He's going to make a lot of money. He's going to have, a, you know, he's building a great future for his family. Doesn't necessarily mean that's, you know, this, uh, this game against Iowa State was the last time he ever coached um, for K State. Let's uh, Mason. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll we'll jump over to uh, to basketball because I want to get your confidence in k-state because the last time we talked it was after one overtime win there's been two more need to get mason's confidence on where k-state basketball is right now more of the game with mason coming up next yeah it's another thing deej that uh, happened yesterday as we mentioned yesterday on the show michael bishop 65th class the class of 2023 for the college football hall of fame also on the 25th anniversary yeah of that loss to Texas A&M in the Big 12 championship game
1: that's awesome <laughs> hey dude did was Mitch Palm absolutely 1000% correct did you did you hear it yeah. yesterday were you there yeah okay do you remember what it was 73 70 i thought it was 7371 my my prediction
0: yeah. so Remember, I dropped the percentage. Ken Palm had 53%. I dropped it to 51% chance K State would win. I said 70 to 69, but I did say in overtime. Uh huh. I did say overtime. So. But here's the deal for the first time ever in the history of Mitch Palm. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in
1: business.
2: Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
1: didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It
2: opened up so many more doors. The show
1: is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The
0: Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires
1: downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Ken Palm had the better prediction. Whoa. Last night's final score is 72-71 cats. Ken Palm's prediction was seventy two, seventy one. Oh my God! So Ken Palm finally beat me. Good for, good for that. Good guy. for
1: him. Oh, well, one for five hundred. Give me a break. Yeah,
0: or one for like sixty two. No doubt, something like that. Hey, we're back on the game. Mitch Fortner with David G and Travion Berklin wearing a kiss hoodie today. Boys and girls, the G Thomas Jewelers Godfrey's Indoor Ranges and Tactical Supply High V Jingle Bell Rock is underway earlier this morning was clue number three. If you missed clue number three, gotta stop by one of our clue locations to pick up the clue. If you're in Junction City, hit up Frontier Spirits. If you're in Manhattan, Energy Center Manhattan Pool has that clue for you. Tomorrow's clue right around 720 right here on K-Man. 720 tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah, if you don't if you're not up that early or you can't be listening, go to one of our great sponsor locations. There's full lists. On 1350 KMAN, also 101.5krock.com. And get a clue. You know what I'm saying? See what I did there?
0: And uh, when you find that rock, make sure you uh, bring in that hunting tank as well so you can double your cash prize. Uh-huh. And guys, we're talking thousands of dollars in cash and prizes up for grabs. Hoop, daddy. And hook it up. Need for more information, including the full list of sponsor locations to pick up the Daily Clues? Just head over to NewsRadioKMAN.com. And by the way, it's on all of our stations for The Clue uh, around 7.20 every morning, Monday through Friday. For the G. Thomas Jewelers, Godfrey's Ranges and Tactical Supply, High V, Jingle Bell Rock. G- We're back with uh, Mason Voth from K-State Online. Mason, did you ever, uh, when you weren't working here, get involved with the hunt for the Jingle Bell Rock?
2: No, no, no! I'm not a um, not a scavenger hunt guy. So you should be because it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll uh, when when Bud gets off work, I'll just ask if she wants to make the two hour drive up there and we can go hunting tonight. <laughs> Is uh, that for,
1: <laughs> this uh, would te-
2: this would actually be a tr- technically a treasure hunt,
1: right? Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, treasure hunts don't do those uh, very often either. Hey, speaking of kiss. Uh, did you guys ever watch Gene Simmons Family Jewels? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I for some reason I remember watching that, but I mean the show ended when I was uh, well, let's see, when I was 14 years old, so I was definitely watching it, when I probably wasn't old enough to probably be understanding a lot of it, but uh, yeah. I just I have a I have a memory of watching that show.
0: Well, a show that was actually and this may have been a little bit before your time, Mason, but do you recall a show called The Osbornes on MTV?
2: Yeah, Yep. Yeah, no, I know, I know about that one. Uh, I mean, I, I, I know all those. I, I know uh, Hogan Knows Best is another <laughs> one that, uh, that I remember watching as well. Shout out to Brian uh, I'm Knobs. Sure you, I can't, I, I'm sure you saw every episode of that, being a wrestling guy. For sure, absolutely. <laughs>
0: and, and I also, I, I mean, I personally know Brian Knobs, who was also on that show. He was the big, like you, you know, he was a tag team wrestler in the WWF, but it was also like Hulk Hogan's best friend. I know I'm mm. through another friend but
1: When Hulk Hogan had that episode where he tried to act like they approached him first for the George Foreman grill I <laughs> that's why I turned it off That's I a guess, th- shut up Hulk Hogan I'm I'm convinced is just a liar He lies so bad He got really jealous cuz Macho Man Randy Savage played minor league baseball so he was going around going oh yeah I, I had a try out for the uh, the Yankees and everybody's like no you well, didn't dude The, the biggest lie
0: is I can't remember in what phase Metallica was in, but he said he could have been the base player for Metallica. Oh,
1: my God. (laughs) It's
0: like, Uh, dude, people can uh, research this very easily. really easily.
1: Oh, my God. What an idiot.
0: (laughs) All right, last night, uh, Cats, third straight overtime game, third straight win in overtime thanks to this play. Eight seconds to shoot. He's going to drive. A step back three for the lead. Go! Man, that was a huge, as in Deej would say, a huge, Itch. huge pop uh, at Bramblidge Coliseum after Tyler Perry, who was ice cold from three for most of the game, ice in his veins when he needed it the most, clutch shot from Tyler Perry. The Cats win at 72-71 over the Villanova Wildcats inside of Bramblidge Coliseum. Mason, was there any doubt that Tyler was uh, going to hit that shot? <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, drew, drew asked me before the, the play happened, uh, coming out of the timeout, he said, all right, what do you think happens here? And I said, Tyler Perry turnover. So I had very little faith in, in that going down, but uh, I'm glad it did. And hopefully that's the start of Tyler Perry getting a little bit more confidence and just letting, letting himself play the entire game like he needs to just let the game go to him and and let things kind of just play out naturally. I think there's been a lot of second guessing or forcing things uh, over the, the last couple of weeks and especially early in games. So he gets late in those situations. It's less thinking, just more reacting to what's taking place and he can step up and do that. So uh, I think hopefully this is a jumping off point for him to, to kind of get it through what he needs to do a little bit better.
0: You know, K-State has been scoring a pretty decent amount of points so far this year, but just from the eye test, is the K-State offense passing your eye test?
2: Uh, At times, I just, I think they really lack a a true number one, a guy that can can be the dude in a specific moment. Like, late in the game, we're seeing these struggles, and I know Tyler Perry's come through in a couple of moments now uh, late in the game, but... That's like just crossing your fingers and praying that something goes your way. There's not like any method to the madness out there. And I just think K State's going to continue to struggle until they get a guy that can be a legit number one and help in a situation where, you know, the, the other team's on a run or late in the game. You absolutely have to have a bucket because we saw that last night when Villanova got it tight late and you know, it was tied, or Villanova got it within a basket. It would have been nice if K State would have been able to go out and get one then, but they just weren't. And I, I think it comes down to lacking the number one. Maybe last night's performance by Arthur Kaluma gives him the opportunity, but you gotta you gotta feed him the ball a little bit more. I mean, he had 20 in the first half; he only had six the rest of the game, and it felt like there were minimal touches there. Um, like I, that, just not great. You gotta find a way to get him the ball because. One thing that happened last night that was just atrocious with the amount that it took place was David Gasson and Will McNair having touches with more than two dribbles coming out of them. When that happens, you're in a dangerous place and something bad is likely to happen. Um, That's not those guys' game. Don't make it be their game. So... They still have a ways to go to to figure some things out on offense, but shots dropped last night, and that's always a helpful thing.
0: Well, outside the rebounding, David Gassana had a bad game. He he was two of seven from the floor, four points, four turnovers. He did have 10 rebounds, and that's just what he's been doing all year long. You know, Arthur Kaluma has been better than expected, especially over the last few weeks or so. Kaluma has scored 20 points in three of the last four games. And, I mean, he had the Euro step down last night. He's been hitting threes lately, he was three for three. Um, last night. I mean, this was after a game. K-State, in their last game, went, what, 48 times at the free-throw line? They just went to the free-throw line six times mm. last night. A complete contrast of the calls they were getting, and they still battled through to, to get the victory. All right, so just as a team, you, last week, it was just after the first overtime win over Oral Roberts, and you were not happy. Now we've had two more overtime wins, including one over Villadova. Are you still keeping that same mindset of there's still a lot to prove from this team to get back in your good graces
2: um they've they've got my optimism back up like uh, it wasn't going to take a lot I, winning that game last night and just showing up and and giving a good hard 40 minutes what turned into 45 minutes uh that that was that was pretty good but i'm still on edge about what's going to happen with this team there's still significant problems out there that have to get fixed the rebounding I think is a big issue Um, go up and grab the ball quit quit playing volleyball out there with it and that's probably the number one reason why Jarrell Colbert got benched last night was because in the less than five minutes that he was out there again he just would not go and grab a board so he was not very helpful Mm -hmm. Uh, and David Gasson struggled with that at times and and it leads to either the ball ending up in Villanova's hands or just putting your teammates in a really disadvantageous situation where when they do get the ball, they're kind of in trouble. So, um, I think that's an issue. I mentioned the number one thing, uh, finding a guy that can actually lead by the way they play on the floor, but they're on the right track. And as long as they went out in conference play, um, then I'll be pretty, pretty well set heading into, uh, or in non-conference play, but I'll be set heading into conference play. I would say, though, don't screw around when Chicago State comes to town in a couple of weeks, when they're a really bad, uh, you know, I I don't even know that you can call them a mid-major. They're a very, very low major. Um, so don't mess around when they come to town. And you should take care of business against LSU, Nebraska, and Wichita State because – Neither of those three teams are really all that good.
0: okay, so you're saying k State uh, you ex- you think they'll go three and O against lSU Nebraska, Wichita State. you have road home neutral site
2: yes, yeah no, I know I do i I mean last last night was a swing game of the stretch if they lost last night they'd go three and one I, I thought or it could spiral make them you know two and two or worse um, but now that they won that game, I, I don't see any reason why they they don't win the next three. You can't talk uh, D.Y.
0: to letting you go to Baton Rouge with you, or with him?
2: Uh, no, he's, he's doing that one uh, solo. That's, that's, uh, that's all right with me. I don't need to go down there. I've, I, I definitely don't need to go down there for a basketball game. So he can handle it. Uh, he'll, he'll be more than capable, and uh, I don't have to make Bud upset because I'm leaving home again. Oh, yeah, I got that bowl trip coming up. Five yeah. days
0: without Dad at home. Oof.
2: Good luck. Yeah. Oh, man, it's all right for me. Uh, we'll see how they do. But looking forward to uh, that. Now, I, I will say, depending on how the, the state of the football team is at that point, I do reserve the right to uh, to tell fan that I'm backing out on the, the travel. But uh, yes, I, I plan on going down there for uh, the bowl game. These these guys are going to drive.
0: And by the way, KSO uh, carpooling?
2: <laughs> I can't believe it. Wow, it's true. Well, they technically, do carpool. Technically, the you know, you know, I, I I don't know how we would classify <laughs> we're, we're it. We're
1: renting an escalade. Okay. We're gonna <laughs> run an escalade and drive down there. Okay. Oh my god. Get, wa- dude, good luck, pal. You're gonna wish you were watching that kid when you're riding the what is it, 14 hours? Oh, no. Oh, it's no, like, it's
2: 19. Oh, my
1: God.
0: That's like nonstop without, you know, staying overnight, cutting it to two yeah, days. Yeah,
2: we'll stop, you know, like halfway, three-quarters of the way one day and, and be good to go. Oh, uh, So I'm
1: going to look Ooh. up
2: what is uh, halfway. Uh,
1: I would say go to Nashville. You, like, hang out in Nashville for the night and go see what they're about and then well, listen. Well, I
2: think, uh, you know, I, I think we uh, – Uh, we have some options there. Plans have not been fully finalized. I just know we're leaving on a certain day and, uh, I don't know which route we're going to take, how we're going to do it. I think we need to fight over, uh, do I come up North to meet or does, does Mm. fan come down to Wichita to me? So we've got a lot to hash out still. I'm looking forward to it though. I'm, I'm down. I mean, I drove to and from Greensboro, North Carolina last year for the NCAA tournament with, uh, my man, Alec Bussey, RIP. So, uh, He's still alive, I, but be all right. right? Yeah, he is still alive. Just He covers Iowa State, so kind of like being dead. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, it'll be fun. And seeing Avery Johnson and K-State play is uh, going to be a good time. So it,
0: Anybody else that's driving, you happen to be driving from Manhattan to Orlando, it does appear Nashville is like the midway point. Yeah. So there you go. That's not a bad place to stop and have a good time for a minute. All right, Mason, we can wrap it up there. Appreciate your time. We'll uh, be seeing uh, and talking to you soon. All right. Sounds good. It's Mason Voth from – or, God, I'm sorry, buddy. Case In Online. I know I'm still getting used to it. Case In Online is where Mason Voth is at now. Go check out their video work on YouTube. They have the KSO show multiple times a week. It's good stuff. All right. We take a break. When we come back, I want to talk more about the win last night. And, guys, don't worry, we'll second hour – We'll get to the Tomlin news. We'll get more on on Colin Klein. There's a lot to get to, but I wanted to make sure we talk about how how crazy last night was, the environment, the win, my thoughts, DJ's thoughts on the game. Cats in overtime beat Villanova is coming up next. We are uh, knee-deep in hour one of the game. Mitch Fortner, David G. Travion, Berkland. Phone number 537-1350. Phone lines are open if you want to talk cats. Uh, no Troy today. He is out for the rest of the day, but he plans to be with us tomorrow. What's he doing? Um. Well, you know, I am a doctor. And I can just tell by looking at him. Maybe still a little tired yeah. from the trip to Hayes. I bet he
1: was, dude. He was in here bright and early this morning. That's and he crazy. says his noggin hurts. So I was I like, bet. don't worry about it. I bet it does. Get better. Yeah. I understand. Rest up, big dog. That's a long trip, man. Then to make it back-to-back like that? Oof.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was there Thursday to Saturday and then back there on Tuesday. Those games went late. I was surprised because they played at Hayes. Manhattan girls and boys played at Hayes yesterday. Uh, girls won, boys fall, unfortunately. So, um... I mean, they started right at about six, tipping off right at right at the same time as the cats. And I was surprised when I got out to my car, which it was, I want to say nine thirty. His post game was still going; he was still talking to Benji George. Like, God dang, that was a long. Those are two long games. He must have had no doubt. Well, and we went to overtime.
1: <laughs> hey, coach, what do you think? Uh, good, bad, okay. See ya.
0: <laughs> and then it's a two and a half hours. Back home now. Manhattan High will be at home on uh, Friday to take on Dodd City, Ooh. and uh, those will be uh, a doubleheader. Girls and boys. Girls play first at approximately six o'clock. Pregame coverage five forty-five here Friday evening here on News Radio KMan for the home opener from the MHS gym. Did you ever play basketball back <laughs> in the day? Uh, in
1: like middle school.
0: I played in middle school when I was a freshman. I was like, dude, I'm not growing. Oh. <laughs> and I wasn't very good either.
1: <laughs> I played
0: pickup basketball a lot in college, and I actually got a lot better. My shot got a lot better. My defense got better. I was like, man, this is the best coaching I've ever gotten. I'm just scrimmaging against guys. I'm <laughs> just kind of watching what other people do.
1: Yeah. Dude, I I, I knew once I hit that right right at high school. I like, hey, this is a lanky guy thing. This is not for big O-linemen. I could shoot, though. I could always shoot. Did you have distance? Oh, yeah. I could. uh, That's what I was the first Dirk Nowitzki ever. I wanted to step outside and hoist up threes, and they were always like, No, what are you doing, G? You're down low. You're a big man. I was like, No, I'm not. They call me Robert Ory for a reason because I can shoot the thrill, baby. Just give me a good outlet pass, and I'm there. Ka-ching. Speaking of
0: ka-ching, I'm going to play the highlight again. Yeah.
1: Eight seconds to shoot. He's going to drive. A
0: step back three for the lead. Got it! He got it! K-State has the lead with
1: 3.9 to go.
0: Man, that was a huge pop. And, I mean, Bill S- er, the Bramblish Coliseum was just about packed. I could see a few empty seats, but not a big deal to me because Coach Ching was very happy about... The, the fans showing up saying they answered his challenge. I, to be honest with you, I think they're going to show up without a challenge or not. I mean, that was a big game. For sure. Fans were, I mean, when I got to the game, it was an hour before tip, and the line of students was all the way to the north end of Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I mean,
1: they,
0: and when Villanova's in town, it's a nationally known club basketball team. For sure. And, uh, you know, just that alone is going to bring the people into the uh, into the arena to watch the Cats play, even though they've just – you know, by the skin of their teeth, beat a couple of mids, yeah. quad four teams, in overtime.
1: Still, the name alone, Villanova, come
0: on. 72-71, the final, Cats outscore the Blue Wildcats 9-8 to in overtime. That is the first time since the last time K-State went to a Final Four, 1964, that K-State has played three straight games that went to overtime and won three straight. Wow. Wow. And now what Tom Gilbert told us in 64 was that um, those were all games in conference play on the road. (laughs) Open up a three straight on the
1: road. Overtime victory. Okay,
0: so, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about this game. To be quite honest with you, my first thought actually goes to Will McNair. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what an interesting game he had because I thought he was really good on defense I he had my favorite play of the game. Not not not, you know, to uh discredit Tyler Perry's shot. I mean, Mr. Clutch comes through again <laughs> for the third straight game. Tyler Perry er, um Will McNair had a steal in the first half. It was around the top of the key, free throw line, takes the ball away and goes all the way up the floor with a defender on his hip and scores. That was awesome. I was like, oh my God, I never would have expected him to do that. Right. Because he's a big guy that doesn't bring the ball up the floor, especially with a defender on his hip. Not an easy thing to do for anybody. anybody. And it looked like he was like, at times, like a baby cold on ice, uh-huh. just trying to keep his composure, keep things under control, go up and score. Yeah. And... The best part about it was he had the biggest smile <laughs> on his face when he got back because he got a huge pop out of that score. The bench went nuts. I, I'm not going to lie. That might be my favorite moment of the season so far. <laughs> just for him to have that experience, make that kind of play, have that kind of experience, I'm sure it's never happened in his career.
1: Dude, That yeah. would, like you said, that would be hard for anybody to pull off, let alone, like, what, he's 6'10", right? He's a 7-footer? Not I mean, quite 7. He's like yeah. 6'10", 6'11", and just his size – and like I like he kind of he kind of flexed afterwards too like I was a like, good for him I did the same thing as a like, good for him he got to do that little highlight action
0: But yet he struggled Oof. with the post with Oof. the with the hook shots and the spin move and he traveled a he couple travels, of times and yeah. he got away with some as well it, for some reason he just kind of had that struggle especially in, there were a couple of times that he had a good matchup. Like, there was a switch, and he had a good matchup. He could post up, make a move, and he just couldn't really get them to go. Other other than he he did have one really nice one go, where it was right after he missed one badly, and he probably took offense to it, and came back and scored. I I love that. Other than finishing 4 of 10, I'd like to see that, of course, be a little bit better. But he got a three-point play, finished with 9.6 rebounds, a steal, uh in two blocks as well. He was pretty big on the defensive end. Uh-huh. Arthur Kaluma has been phenomenal lately for K-State. You know, game number one, he came out and I was like, ugh, not quite sure about this guy. Didn't exactly light it up. And now three of three of the last four games, he has scored at least 20 points. He's hitting his threes. He's playing good defense. I, I you know right now Arthur Kaluma is playing above expectation. So awesome. He's putting up really good numbers And he has been very entertaining to watch. He had the Euro step down last night. Him slicing through the lane and getting around defenders was a work of art at Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. And looked really good and natural doing it. And he has showed off lately. And maybe Coach Tang maybe alluded to this in postgame. Maybe exposes himself a little bit. I'm just about what Arthur can do. And he can really do everything.
1: Yeah. He's... Once he gets going towards the cup, it's almost impossible to stop him. He's got all kinds of moves and different angles that he can put the ball up. And I've been so happy watching him build confidence in that three-point shot, too, because I think that makes him so deadly. He can get you inside or outside.
0: Kaluma with 26 points, nine rebounds. He was three of three from three, 10 of 13 from the floor. He did have five turnovers in the game. Cam Carter with 16 points and then... You know, Tyler Perry, before he hit the game winning three pointer, was one of nine mm. from three. And the last three he took was an air ball from the corner. I understand the doubt. And Coach Tang said in preseason he could be the best, he might be the best shooter in America. Um, no, he's not there yet. And uh, he still didn't really show up in the first half, but he did make the shot that matters the most. So it kind of pulls you in both directions about. The kind of basketball he's playing—he dribbles way too much. He is too stationary. <laughs> when he has the basketball, he kind of brings the offense to a halt. But man, if he can hit that clutch shot when K-State needs it the most, ooh, Danny, I can let it slide for a little bit. <laughs> but there's got to be improvement. All right, we take our top of the hour break, and when we come back, we'll get to the Nate Quan Tomlin story. Save the details. We're coming up here in a few moments. Your local news is next as well.